0: buying and selling real estate it can be a tough business to navigate sounds like you need some friends in the know for instance 2 longtime Twinports twin ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market this is the twin ports real estate show on 610 and fm 103.9 kdam hey welcome and good afternoon to the twin ports real estate show jim ron and gary Callagher here from Remax results uh gary good afternoon how are you
1: jim we're doing real good up here in um the Sunny Twin Ports. But um, as far as real estate goes, there was some big breaking news on uh, Wednesday of this week uh, dealing with the uh, rental eviction moratorium.
0: Yeah, we were going to talk about that.
1: And there was U.S. District Court Judge Dabney Frederick of the District of Columbia struck down a nationwide eviction moratorium calling it unlawful. Right. And that this yep. ruling applies nationwide. Um, and this eviction plan, if you remember, was put in last year by the Trump administration using public health powers granted to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Yep. And that's during health emergencies. Um, and the ban was recently extended by President Biden through the end of June. And, um What this uh, judge indicated was that it is the role of the political branches and not the courts to assess the merits of policy measures designed to combat the spread of of a disease. Even during a global pandemic, the question for the court is a narrow one. Does the Public Health Service Act grant the CDC the legal authority to impose a nationwide eviction moratorium? And it goes on to say that it does not.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, this was. And and yeah, this was brought on by the um, Alabama Association of Realtors, uh, joined by the the Georgia Association of Realtors. That's correct. And I'm sure, I mean, if you know how this all works, I'm sure it's straight from the National Association of Realtors, but they directed it to where they hoped to get a really uh, favorable ruling. So I'm sure that's why those states were picked. That's just my own little speculation. Um, but it's already going to be appealed by the justice department. So I mean, is it going to go into effect? And if the other one is expiring at the end of June, um, will it I mean, will it make any difference? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I and I don't know that. I mean, I think one of the the biggest things when I read this, I was kind of like, well, most of these homeowners have already gotten relief. I mean, this rental uh, assistance rollout that occurred here. Um, is finally starting to funnel monies back to these mom-and-pop owners of these rental properties that haven't been paid, you know, in over a year. And and I can't
0: remember. Do you remember when we talked to Barb um, uh, about that, when we had our our show about um, landlords being reimbursed? Is is it going to go back to the beginning? I couldn't remember.
1: Yeah, they're... Um, the owners of these properties will be able to uh, collect back rent as long as the tenant still lives in the apartment that's and will right, continue yeah, to live in I'm the right. apartment. They'll be they'll be able to collect on those back bills. So that was a very important uh, part of that uh, uh, negotiating. That all you know, the National Association of Realtors, if you remember, Jim, they were instrumental. In this legislation, when it came to this rental assistance, and you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty billion dollars that was allocated yeah. uh, towards these rental assistance programs across the country, and so we've seen in the last I'd say week or ten days, the the channels now to where you you have to go and file your paperwork to get this assistance. So uh, I know Barb was was uh, is a very helpful resource as to as to. Uh, you know how to get that help and where to file the paperwork, but I think overall, Jim, if this ruling stands, it ends that moratorium on on evictions. And uh, um, but at this point, I think a lot of the damage has been done. Um, I think if if people can collect these back rents, I think that's tremendous. But I do believe that there are going to be some um, of these property owners that they're, they're just never going to recover. And I think some of them have already moved on, you know, and and uh, you talk about some of these properties in distress, going into foreclosure, what have you. Uh, I think we're going to see a big wave of that as we get into the end of this year because of these types of issues.
0: Yeah. And, you know, so the uh, the government passed that Reimbursement Act, um, what would you say, maybe a month ago? Or was it longer than
1: that? Yeah, it was. I think it was right around March 1st. End of March, somewhere okay. right in there.
0: Yeah. So this lawsuit that was just decided was, um, was the, the challenge started in November. So I'm sure that uh, you know they were well into it, and now you've got this ruling as well as they're being reimbursed. So I don't know how it really. Some of the some of the language in the articles that I've been reading um, is is just saying that um, that renters are going to be so far under that it's going to create homelessness. If they follow through with this, and if the tenant, if the landlords are being reimbursed, that means that their rent is going to be paid. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't buy that argument. I guess you, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, I do, I do. But I, I think it still remains to be seen yep. how this ultimately shakes out, and if there is any you know, damage that has been done, ultimately, what's it going to be? And I think over the next, you know, 90 days or so, I think we'll have a pretty good handle uh, as to, uh, you know, what what the ultimate damage locally here anyways is going to be. But I will say this, locally, we really haven't heard of, of, of a lot of uh, stories negatively impacting these the owners of these rental properties. I think there's been a couple of them that we've been made aware of. But overall, Jim, uh, and I've talked to a number of these property management companies, you know, over the course of the year, and really, they're all kind of very upbeat and positive that nothing really um, happened, that people, for the most part, paid their rent, and um, uh, we really didn't have the issues that I think is going on in some of the places, uh, you know, across the country. I mean, I think you could go down to the Twin Cities. And I think you go down to the, some of the big metro areas, and I think those are some places that really got hit hard.
0: Oh, yeah. And and there's, um, you know, there's uh, all kinds of entities that own these big apartment buildings, too. So, I mean, um, yeah, there's a lot of business, big business that uh, that owns these kind of buildings as well. But, you know, the landlord groups were advocating for the government to provide rental assistance to, uh, rental assistance to the struggling tenants instead of the eviction freeze. But now, you know, Congress approved, and it says it's $45 billion in um, rental assisting that's currently being dispersed, you know, way or the other. They're they're reimbursing the landlords for their losses um, rather than uh, give it to the tenants that have been struggling. I don't know what's the difference, you know?
1: Yeah. Do you own rental property, Jim? Anymore. I still own one. I
0: own quite a bit. Yep.
1: I own one rental single-family home, and and you know, God bless my tenant up there. She's paid her rent uh, through all of this. She's a good worker, and uh, she's been living in that house for quite a while, and um, um, she never had any problems. She never said a word to me, and uh, uh and so yeah.
0: Well, we had a a tenant of ours um, was living in. One of our houses for probably ten years, um, we hardly touched the rent, maybe a cost of living. Even though the rental market became more and more, because she was such a great tenant. And then she ended up coming to work for our company at Remax One as our receptionist, and now she's currently a real estate agent in Remax Results. You know, so I have really good history with a lot of uh, a lot of tenants like that as well.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I don't think we had the big problems up here. Uh, that they had in the in the big metro areas, but nevertheless, yeah. uh, the fact that they're fighting this and and really, if the, if um, uh, the Justice Department is going to appeal this, I mean, how long is an appeal going to take? You know, and by the time this is all said and done with with arguing about that decision, we may be at the end of June, and therefore it's, exactly. it could be a moot point. And uh, uh, well, I
0: Biden- think it's also a moot. Yeah. I think it's also a moot point, because they're not even talking. They, they have one sentence in here about the $45 billion in relief going to the landlords. I really don't see where the issue is. I mean, they might be challenging this thing. It's kind of a moot point. It's expiring anyway. Um, I don't know what the impact going to have, um, like you were saying, for, for for several reasons.
1: Jim, I think we got about three minutes left, and um, I, I want to talk quickly about, you know, we talk about the... Um, uh, the stock market versus home ownership, and there was an article that was published this week, and uh, it talked about that, and that Americans do now think it's better to invest in housing than the stock market and Really, the number one reason is that they do that is uh, it's safer they feel that it's safer, and with the volatility of the stock market, as we all know, you know what can happen. Um, your home is something that's tangible. You put money into it. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can hold it. You can do whatever. Uh, you can make it better yourself. You can fix it up. You can certainly make it worse if you don't take care of it. But the fact remains that, that home ownership and owning your own property is a very comforting thing to people that want to invest in real estate.
0: Right. And I think it's it's, it's a double down when it's your own personal residence. But I mean even when it comes into, uh, investment. Yeah. I think that it's a, it's, it's, it's so tangible, right? I mean, you can, you can touch it. and can, uh, um, y- you know what you've got, you know, right away. So, and with the property management companies that are out there now, I think that, uh, if I were going to have to do it all over again, Gary, when I had uh, the number of units that I had, there wasn't really a great, great, great property management company out there that was kind of, uh, Um, just did everything seamlessly and I think now there are and I think I could be in to having a property management firm um, run those things for me.
1: Well there's certainly a lot of them and they've cropped up and over the last 15 years or so um, uh, we all know here locally what's happened with these property management companies and and they're doing well and they're taking care of people's properties for them and uh, uh, you know so uh, invest in real estate folks it's a Good, solid, safe investment, but you got to take care of it, and you got to have a little bit of understanding about these houses because you can certainly spend money on them. But overall, Jim, these uh, these houses are um, not a bad investment when you compare it to the real estate market.
0: Well, there you go. Let's probably wrap it up and take a break here.
1: Yeah, folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate here show uh, right here on KDL six ten a.m. Jim and I will be right back.
0: Welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim, And Gary Callagher here every Saturday from 12 to 1 on KDAL. And Gary, why don't you shout out your phone number?
1: I'm at 218-390-0615. And my
0: telephone number is 218-348-7653. Okay, Gary, you wanted to talk about uh, some landmarks downtown that, are, that have gone away.
1: Jim, there's some big changes going on up in the Twin Ports and... You know, I was downtown the other day, and I was watching the old Voyager Motel get torn down. And it was not only the Voyager Motel. It was the, uh, remember, the old Duluth Oriental Grocery Store and the Hacienda del Sol, the old uh, Mexican restaurant that, that used to be there. Um, they're gone. I mean, they're gone. And... Um, you know, when I went down there, I was a, a, a little surprised to see it happening because we've been waiting for this, quite frankly, that uh, apartment complex that they're going to be putting up there. You know, it's been stalled. It's been put off. Uh, there's been a lot of, of uh, the one wondering, when are they going to start this? You know, what's going on? Right. But uh, I think they've secured the necessary funding because those um, – Backhoes were knocking down walls, and they are clearing that site to start building something really spectacular there. And when you couple that with the um, essential medical campus that's going up right across the avenue, I believe, Jim, that that area down there is just going to have a huge renaissance of... Uh, business of, of everything and to see what, what's going to happen down there with like the residual businesses with with what they're going to do to get people into Canal Park and 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 all those areas down there. I think it's just going to be fascinating to see how this all evolves over the next two to three years.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so were they, I don't recall, were they um, slowed by COVID? <laughs> no, I
1: don't I I, I don't. I I don't know. I believe that I, they're... Read something about- With some funding issues. I don't recall anything about the COVID down there, but uh, um, I know that there were some funding issues securing all the funding for that. And um, uh, they've obviously gotten it together down there. And it'd be interesting to see when they start, uh, uh, you know, pounding the things in the ground to, to get that structure up. But here you're talking about, I think this is going to be somewhere in the 12 to 14 story building that they're putting up down there. This is not a small building. And then you compare that to the medical campus, Jim, you're going to, you're basically changing the skyline of Superior yep. Street down there forever. Yep. And how that it's impacts, it's going I mean, to be amazing. It's going to be just fascinating yeah. Uh, yeah, to, amazing. to see, you know, and, and what about the businesses that are down there? Think about this. You've, you're going to have, I think, in the neighborhood of 200 apartments in that facility. Right. And you got the the Sheraton's been there for a while and the Sheraton has residential condominiums on the top few floors. All of a sudden, Jim, you're going to have hundreds of people needing services for those buildings. So what are they, are they going to do? have a mixed use? Is, is uh, some of the lower levels going to be restaurants or a deli or a convenience store or what have you? And then if it isn't, where and how are those services going to, what are they going to look like? Uh, because the people are going to need those things. And then you talk about the uh, the medical campus. I, I've got to tell you something. That whole area down there from the, the theater district, and I, I, I'm going to say uh, you go down to 2nd Avenue East, and you you go east over to Fitgers. That whole area down there is about to like undergo a, a massive boom, unlike anything I think we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I believe that, too. You know, and um, the development of those of, the, of that commercial property, I would assume, would be similar to what we probably many of the, our listeners have seen down in the Twin Cities, you know, where they build um, a lot of housing units and then they, they save the uh, main floor some commercial space. And then all of a sudden, um, like without gas, you still get like a mini grocery store slash convenience store, you know, and those turn out to be very, very successful.
1: Well, I don't know how it's all going to look and how it's all going to shake out, but I do know that I think we are on the cusp of something very exciting here in the Twin Ports, and what, ultimately how it shakes out and what it looks like, I, I guess it all remains to be seen, Jim. But um, there, there's a lot of buzz going on for the Twin Ports here. And I, I, I don't know. You know, you and I have talked over the years, <clears throat> obviously, about housing in the Twin Ports, and You know, I'm not a a schooled over across the bridge over in Superior, Um, although I'm getting better at it. I'm really amazed at the amount of people that are coming into this area that are frustrated with the Duluth market, and they're going over the bridge and they're looking in Superior. And and I got to tell you, that Superior market, Jim, in a lot of those neighborhoods over there, I think it's undervalued, and I think and I compare it. I remember, for years we've talked about uh, the neighborhoods up here, and we always compare right. uh, Denfeld and Lakeside, yep. and Lakeside yep. always yep. comes out on top with the number of units sold, the average right. price. They right. always beat those hunters, and um, and we, but we've always said that the Denfeld market is a great entry level market because yeah. the values, when you look at the price, uh, the average sale price of those two neighborhoods, it's it's a hundred thousand dollars difference. And to be able to get into a house, a very similar house, for $100,000 less, to me, that's where I, I see value. And I in the superior market, which I've been fairly active in recently, I'm walking into these houses now and I'm saying, oh my God, these things are great deals over here. They're just a whole lot of house, reasonable pricing, and I think our local market here, Jim, is starting to tap into this and you're starting to see people... Um, go across the bridge and looking for housing over in Superior. Had you sensed any of that recently?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I just sold my own house. Um, And it didn't take but a couple of days. But uh, I think the walkability part of Superior is what I really like. Um, You know, of course, uh, moved there when I was in fifth grade. Um, Born in Duluth, but, uh, you know, um, ended up in Superior. But, um yeah, I, the, for me that was always you know the uh, you can get to anywhere you know just on foot, which I always had to do when I was a kid. Anyway, right there.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and I think it's I think that obviously hasn't changed. Um, they added some brilliant buildings to UWS, and the the university area is really quite quite peaceful and and very nice and open and uh, one of my favorite places to to hang around in. So yeah, I mean I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Superior. Um, and uh, you know everything that it has to offer. The the ski trails out in Billings Park are are they're extremely um, popular. Um, the golf course, of course. I mean, both these places you're going to see Minnesota license plates more than you see Wisconsin plates. <laughs> you know, um, because they're so liked by the community as a whole. So, and then you know, obviously, I think the other the other nice thing is that we have all the amenities of the just. Uh, pop and the skip away,
1: you know. Well, um, do you remember Bruce? Um, I think his name is Bruce Smith, the guy for National Bank of Commerce. We used to have yeah. him on our show every so often, yeah. and yeah. he he used to come on. and I think you were involved in this as well. Is the there was an, an initiative over there in Superior? You
0: mean Bruce Thompson?
1: Bruce Thompson, thank you. Yep. And
0: yep. Um, uh, city Superior, yeah,
1: yeah. How what whatever happened with that? Did that ever go anywhere? I mean, because we've seen a lot of improvements over in those. Main thoroughfares over the last few years.
0: Well, I can tell you this, uh, and having been on the committee for it, um, which and now I, you know, I'm we haven't met in quite some time, and even uh, we're still. I don't think we're really active right now because of COVID. But um, you know, it was pushed. It was supposed initially we were supposed to be in the Wisconsin budget. It got left out, um, and and then it was pushed down. The you know, like the can down the down the alley. You know, it's been pushed down. Uh, a couple of times, but I, it's not dead. Um, there's open ears to it, from what I understand. Still, I think it's just they got to get into the right legislative session to get that that incentive passed, where they can actually put a, a tax um, on food and beverage in in, in hotels and such, um, like they do in Duluth, in order to you know um, enable these kinds of developments to uh, have a have a head start on on getting things done. You know grant money and such um but there is a you know there's a hotel that it's going up right now in downtown superior first time in 60 70 years probably i mean downtown superior longer than that even um but yeah that's quite interesting i don't know if you've driven by that gary but uh i think it's like a four or five story hotel and they're going to have a main floor bar restaurant um that um that they've had that same chain restaurant and it's kind of a kind of a chain, uh, I'm sorry, chain hotel and chain restaurant to go along, which the name escapes me you now. But they've been very successful in other markets. They are. They, they also own a couple of hotels in Superior already. So um, there's somebody that's really believing in Superior, right? I mean, if you're going to put a hotel in right in downtown, and I think it's they've read about Better City Superior. So um, there's a lot of hopes that this is going to eventually happen and they'll have the head start.
1: Do you think that'll pass, that they'll get the... Um... It will pass.
0: I mean, it was the it, the referendum. So they did a they did an advisory referendum, and it would have to be voted on again in another referendum to actually to actually make it happen. But the advisory referendum, I think, passed by like seventy eight percent. That was percentage in favor, and it was the the, the biggest um, any kind of a vote of its kind. I think in the state of Wisconsin, the biggest landslide. So the people of Superior are definitely behind it. They're like, please give us something so we. can, you know, bring in some some really um, neat things into the area that are needed. Like uh, one of them is going to be um, a field house area that, uh, you know, can hold two soccer fields. You know, I mean, we are so, and you can do baseball, you can do softball, you can do all kinds of stuff in this building. And, um, you know, up here there's lots of things to do, and you traveling with your kids for sports, you understand some of these places and how big they are. You know, and if something like that was built up in the Twin Ports, um, whether it's Duluth or Superior, and Superior's trying to jump the gun, I, I just think they'd be phenomenally successful, you know, all 12 months of the year, because I wouldn't you sure want to come here. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, those so, types of facilities are, are long overdue up here, and we need them.
0: Yeah, they are. Yes.
1: And these indoor facilities that, you know, kids, you know, soccer's certainly taken up. It's exploded up in this marketplace. Uh But one of the big things here is if we if you want to keep training your kids throughout the winter it um uh you gotta go someplace else I mean they have a beautiful- a nice facility that uh, the right. college of saint Scholastica owns up in Proctor it's the old hockey rink up there by the fairgrounds and that's a great right. place you know we do indoor soccer there in the winter time but um uh it's not it's not something that that the public can readily use to my knowledge. And so uh, I think that those, those types of facilities, boy, Superior could land something like that. I think that would be great.
0: Well, you know, here's a, I think it's in such a need up here. If you look at the population base, and you look, if you look at the tourism base of Duluth and Superior, just as it is, we could have two field houses, one in Duluth and one in Superior, and they would play off each other. I mean, there's so much that that could be explored with those kinds of developments. And then the thing that happens around them is that's when, you know, other hotels pop up, that's where, you know, other businesses start to thrive. And you're talking about a successful community that's Duluth and spirit right now. And because of COVID and everybody's ability to work from home. And I mean, we can, we've been talking about this stuff for weeks and weeks and weeks. People are just going to keep coming. And, um, you know, I mean, more housing is going to be built. I mean, you know, the population is going to grow. I just I don't think there's any doubt. So these things are needed, and I think they'd be supported.
1: Well, I hope that they – I know they're needed, and I hope that they're supported, and I hope that they, they come to fruition here That as we move down into the future because we're going to need this stuff. And, you know, there was an interesting article we talked a little bit about, that one that CNN posted a couple of weeks ago about uh, safe havens when it comes to this climate right. change issue. Duluth was really it, – it was there as, you know, one of the top places – uh, for people to move to, and right. um, uh, they made an interesting comment in that article, and they said, you know, Duluth was built uh, to hold 130,000 people. It was built, and the infrastructure was put in place for 130,000 people. And so, you know, when you look at our uh, current population levels, mid 80s, you know, we've certainly got the room to go to grow.
0: And, right. and, and then i what, what was our peak was it hundred and ten and that was the Duluth sign I'm just trying to you know drive by it all the time when I go to my grandma
1: you know I remember as a kid and go this goes back into the early 70s that our peak being at like hundred and seven thousand i don't i don't i don't yeah, know like what the actual bad, what peak the highest was
0: highest number actually was but, the but highest census this year
1: you know yeah. you look at that and i mean uh you know that's over thirty thousand people that this community lost and everybody knows what the um the '80s and you know even the early '90s were like up here. It was a tough. It was it was a tough going. You know.
0: Yeah, I was reading. I was reading the newspaper and and somewhere in there, the quote. Or maybe it was an editorial. The quote came up of, uh, you know, last one out of Duluth turned the lights out. That's right. <laughs> you know. You know. Remember in the you know the, the '70s and stuff um, when it seemed like everything was just, you know going to never be the same in there in the twin ports but yeah it's interesting well time we have before a break
1: uh we got a couple of minutes but uh two then i want to just uh, touch a little bit too on the, that you know a lot of Duluth started to turn around when they they put that new freeway through through town and they cleaned up yeah. canal park that was really kind of the turning point jim for people to and want to come back here it
0: took to put that freeway through i mean it was it was idle for a decade you know um just you know you know what I'm saying you know you just get to the edge of downtown and and that was it it was never it wasn't finished for the longest time
1: yeah didn't they have um, a stop the freeway campaign yeah yeah I don't know what I don't know what it was but, and the and that, that freeway used up. to end uh as you come down on the Masada avenue that's exit and and, about, yeah. and there was no no extension there so right,
0: no extension. that that's what I mean they were gonna do the extension and then all of a sudden they didn't do it and i don't I never knew why but it was like ten years later they finally <laughs> added on to that to that um, that overpass that goes, you know, to Canal Park and then to uh, East Duluth, you know, it was always just uh, blocked off, but it had been started. But yeah, anyway.
1: well, I like what they did with it. They did a great job. It's yeah, really helped yeah. turn this community around. And now to see both the Twin Ports, um, uh, you know, going through this renaissance, I think it's it's fascinating, Jim. Jim, we got to take a break here. You've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show here on KDL six ten AM, and we'll be right back.
0: Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronnie and Gary Callagher here from Remax. Gary, why don't you give us your phone number where people can get a hold of you.
1: I can be reached at 218-390-0615.
0: And my phone number is 218-348-7653. Or, Gary, I have a new Florida number. Do you want to know what it is? Yes. It's 941 867 8276.
1: Well, Jim's got a new Florida number.
0: Yeah, now guess what it spells? Because my phone number, 283487653, is spelled sold. The last four are sold. So guess what? 8276 is.
1: I don't have time to work it out, so just tell me.
0: Warm. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so uh, I finally did it. I moved to Florida.
1: Yeah, we got some breaking news here, folks. Jim, uh, Jim Ronding, the uh, founder and the uh, host of this Twin Ports Real Estate Show since 2008, um, has moved to Florida. And so congratulations on that, first of all. But uh, what does that mean for the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, Jim? What are we going to be doing? Because uh, we've been doing this a long time. We certainly want to keep it going. But uh, tell us a little bit how you uh, worked up to moving down to Florida, how it all happened.
0: Well, you know, kids grow up and they and they move away and uh they're in the Twin Cities. Um two of them anyway. My my oldest RJ is is uh, still in um the Twin Ports and he just got a job at the Duluth Steam Plant, which is very exciting. Very good job. Um and uh my other my my other two kids are in the cities, but they're probably not going to stay there. They're going to they're going to go where they're going to go um maybe they'll stay there but anyway so we're we're still three hours away down here in Punta Gorda, Florida which is about 40 miles north of Fort Myers um by plane you know still it's about the same to get to the cities um a little bit longer obviously to get up to the twin ports um actually Debbie's going back up to the twin ports tomorrow uh I just got down here on Saturday with a truck full of stuff and my boat cuz I can't live without a boat
1: you did a um, anyway, cross-country trek with a boat.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you want to hear it, the, the freeway was good. I got lucky with the weather too, because there's been a lot of weather going through the um, through the south, crossing the country, and uh, so I I, I kind of got lucky and timed it right. Um, you know, I bet you either being passed or passing semis. I should have started counting, but I, it, it was in the hundreds for sure. And I got to tell you that after a while, you realize that the semis are the ones that are your least worry. <laughs> That's the only thing I can tell you. You know, um, they, they all are pretty dang good drivers, and uh, their, their communication amongst themselves when they're going down the freeway made me feel very safe, actually it's the, it's the darters that drove me nuts. People who would just fly in front of me thinking, you know, I got a, I got a small U-Haul truck in a, in a you know, 20, 23 foot boat on a trailer. And like, I can move that thing on a dime, you know? Um, so, yeah, I had a couple of times that I, I literally had to swerve. And I thought, you know, once a trailer gets wee it's pretty difficult. But other than that, it was, it was good. And uh, Debbie and I have owned this house down here for about nine years. Um
1: you and, bought that house uh, in the during the recession down there if i remember yeah, correctly
0: I, I, Yeah um so the idea was is uh i've been coming here with uh my really good friend Ron Gustafson for i don't know 15 years and Ron, I, Ron and I have been doing business in Superior for geez yeah well 50, 20 years and he actually owns the building that Remax Results is in which used to be Remax one so um, anyway, yeah. So uh, uh, one year, instead of buying a cabin, we decided to buy a house down here um, when the market was just starting to turn around. And boy, is it ever down here too. So Florida's like Duluth and Superior too, because you know there's no state income tax. Plus, um, it, you know that that's a big deal, and people want kind of the warmth, and they're leaving the high tax states of California and you know some of the other ones, and. There's a lot of New Yorkers coming out here. There's a lot of people from California coming. So, um, I think the COVID virus is uh, is a boon to Florida, just like it's to the Twin Ports.
1: Well, one of the things too, Jim, is we want to try to, to work through with this. Is you're going to be down there, and there there are a lot of Minnesotans. And Wisconsin and Michigan, there's and all these people that they go down to Florida and they have their snowbirds. And with you being down there, and and you're not far from the Minnesota Twins uh, spring training complex, you know. So for you to be down there, if somebody ever has um, some interest in buying real estate down there, they're going to be able to get a hold of you and you're going to be able to give them information and uh, help them if they want to buy one of these houses. Uh, where they come down and and be a snowbird, um, you'll be able to do that.
0: Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, um, you know, and I am working for a REMAX uh, down here as well and actually have been kind of doing both Florida, Minnesota, and Wisconsin simultaneously for, you know, I don't know, six months or so. I actually sold uh, um, properties to people from Minnesota already, (laughs) so it's kind of interesting But you say it that way. Um, but you know, um, I have connections pretty much all over the place down here. So even if they're not in my market area and you and I are in the same, same boat here, you know, you don't jump in the car and go down and show properties in Minneapolis and neither do I, but others would, um, you know, and, and that's the same with me. I mean, I, I, people who need to find a house in a particular area, I were, if it's not in my area, I refer them to somebody who I know is an expert in that area. So and I know Florida really well. I've been coming here forever.
1: Now, um, most so, yeah. of the, most of the houses down there—and correct me if I'm wrong—they don't have basements.
0: Oh no, no, I haven't seen a basement ever in Florida.
1: And then, and then for let's say um, I don't know how many square foot square feet your house is, but let's say an average fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred, two thousand square feet. What kind of money are we talking if somebody um, wants to buy a second house yeah. to come down in that area? Can you get something for under three hundred thousand dollars?
0: yeah I would say that you can yeah you can um i it's probably going to be closer to twelve hundred square feet and depends on where you are i mean there's there's location preferences for people just like there are in every place uh our little place is a gated community with a twenty four hour guard um which is which is unusual that they have the guard most of them are electronic and uh thank goodness uh this community doesn't ever want to do that those are a pain in the butt um but that's not everywhere, right? And um, then when you have that kind of a community, you have, you have association dues in addition to taxes and you know mortgage payment if you have one and so on and so forth. And ours are $140 a month here, which is extremely low. You know. And for like 320 houses um, in the development, I think we have well over a million dollars in the bank. So, so the financial picture of this development is really good, and that's really super important. You know when you're investing, you know, because some of these places that are very similar in size, their their association fees are five fifty a month, and it's not necessarily from from you know running the numbers wrong. It's just you know they may, they might own a golf course and golf courses don't really make money. They're kind of a lost leader, as Duluth, Minnesota is understanding. You know, so it's very interesting um, uh, all the dynamics that are involved, but uh, you know you can so. There might be a house that's way more expensive, Gary, but it, to me, I wouldn't buy it uh, way, way cheaper. But to me, I wouldn't buy it because the association dues are out of whack, and right. you know I don't see them going down at all. And I mean, when it's six fifty a month, I mean
1: that's a lot of money. Go up,
0: that's a lot of money. It's a lot of mortgage. You know that somebody could could you know put to something where the, the maybe it's managed better. Or they don't own the golf course or something like that. So.
1: Well, looking for, looking forward, Jim. We're going to keep bringing uh, the real estate show with you and I here, and yep. um, uh, we hope to uh, you know bring you both perspectives. And Jim's always connected to the Twin Ports up here, and it's not like he's completely going away. But uh, for the time being, it's uh, it'll be him and I on on phone calls like we've been doing for the last year. Anyways, we've kind of gotten used to that. So, uh, right. uh, but um, just want to say thanks to. Uh, uh, KDL 610 AM and everybody here for understanding and and allowing this to move forward. Yeah. And uh, we hope to bring, um, you know, just th- great information, not only locally now, Jim, but, but from another, you know, part of the country down there in Florida and uh, you can, you know, be our eyes and ears down there and tell us what's going on down there. So interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think you're, you know, thank you, Gary, because obviously when I said, Hey dude, <laughs> I'm gone, I'm out of here in a month um it was a long time in planning but you know i'm like it's your show now i mean so get who you want or whatever and, and right away you said would you continue doing it and i said yeah i'd love to i was hoping you'd say that and so i appreciate that gary because you know i think it i think it will be fun and uh i think it'll be informative for for everybody up there i've got some interviews that are going to be coming up from some people down here that have worked in the market for a long time and you know i mean uh people can get to get to know another community maybe and uh, maybe it'll be an interesting. uh Interesting radio gig, and then always there's the national news, which you and I can can touch base on, uh, and from slightly different perspectives now, maybe. So I think it'll be fun.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope uh, everything goes well down there for you and Deb. And then uh, you said you sold your house up here recently. I have one question. Yeah, yeah. Did you get multiple offers? Uh, let's just say
0: I got the right offer pretty fast. <laughs> um, I, I didn't get multiple offers but I got a cash offer that was more money than I figured I would get for it in the first place and it, you know even just a couple of days of it being on the market was driving me nuts you know um, so yeah I was just like ready to be done especially after loading you know and I had I had help uh, Tom Akin from our office was a huge help to me and so it was uh, Leah Hollenbach um, getting my last ditch effort to get my butt out of here but um i was just done even before it started um you know i hate selling my own real estate (laughs) i don't know if you feel the same i swear that's like the worst thing ever for me personally so
1: yeah i know that there are some uh, agents that that do this stuff they have other agents sell their stuff because they don't want to they want that arm's length uh part of the i had them
0: put the price on i i had i had a price of 250 in my house and remember we moved from a Four thousand square foot house down to a two thousand square foot house, and now I'm in a thirteen hundred square foot house. You can imagine with the purging that's been going on. But anyway, it's um, it's it's, it's a it's a welcome lifestyle change for me.
1: Jim, we got to take our uh, final break here, folks. You've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here on KDAL six ten AM, and we'll be right back with our last segment.
0: AM six ten KDAL Hey, welcome back to the last segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here from Remax. Uh, Gary, you are from Remax Results, and I am from Remax Anchor Realty, and I'm part of the uh, the MLS Detectives Group, which is an interesting team that I that I joined.
1: The MLS Detectives Group. Well, that's interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah it is. Yeah, they're they're pretty, they're pretty, uh pretty cool people, and they're going to be the ones that uh, I'm going to be interviewing on our show here. Uh, in a few weeks because super successful, especially in my little area here where I, where I live in uh, Punta Gorda.
1: Jim, I want to well, talk. You said you had some stats? We got some stats. I quickly want to mention here that the mortgage interest rates are still doing tremendous. They've actually come down a little bit. Your uh, 30-year conventional fixed rate is at 3% right now. If you want to get a 15 or 20-year, they're under 3%. And so the stability of of that interest rate market is doing well. It was a little bit volatile back as we got into uh, the in the first week of March. Uh, a lot of stuff was going on, and we do believe that they're going to start trending higher. Uh, but uh, right now, they're fairly stable. Jim, in Duluth, we currently have 85 active listings. Uh, so far this year, we've sold uh, 251 houses with an average sale price of $261,000. And we currently have 194 properties that are pending or under contract waiting to close. And... Um, That's in Duluth. That's Duluth proper. Uh, Over across the bridge in Superior, uh, we have currently have fifteen active listings. Uh, We sold so uh, fifty-eight homes so far this year in Superior with an average sale price. I'm going to say one fifty-six. It's just under that. Okay. And we currently have uh, twenty-six houses pending uh, in uh, Superior, and so um, uh, that. that's what I got. What do you got down there?
0: Well, let's see. The report just generated. First time I ever done it. Um, let's see. So this is. So I'm in Punta Gorda, which is in, in right separated from a place called Port Charlotte by the Peace River. So it, doesn't that sound familiar?
1: Yeah, it
0: <laughs> um, just, it's just not just not a state line. <laughs> That's all there is. Um, looks like um, total sales. Let's see here.
1: And this is right in that immediate area that you're in.
0: Yep. Um, average. Where is the total average? Sorry, hang on one sec. Okay, total. Here we go. So, so far this year in, in this little Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte area, they've sold 1,116 homes. The average price was $352,668. Um, and uh, total of... Well, I guess that's it, yeah, they don't have the days on market, so yeah, so average sale price of three fifty I guess right now.
1: And how many sales have they had so far this year? One
0: thousand one hundred sixteen.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, no, I have to give you I mean that that doesn't mean anything because I don't know the exact population base that we're talking about here, but i'll I'll, I'll research that. i I gotta look at the map of where this is and then I can figure out what the population base is to compare it. You know, apples to apples.
1: Yeah, that'd be like interesting to know what capital. what's your uh, your immediate you know population levels. I mean, right. uh, those those types of things would be good to know because that's a lot of houses when you compare us to selling two hundred fifty one in the in the right. Duluth market. So,
0: but yeah, see, I got I got to figure out the population. I, I think that we could really do some fun stuff with analytics uh, comparing the two markets.
1: Jim, um, we um, I'm getting the uh, we're done sign up here yeah, in the studio, so. Uh, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to us. And uh, you've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Uh, Jim Ronnie and Gary Callagher. Jim from Punta Gorda, Florida. And I'm up here in the Twin Ports here. So we'll keep bringing you the best real estate news. And uh, keep tuning in. And uh, thanks for listening.